Our text for this morning's meditation is from uh, Galatians chapter 4, these words, But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through the promise. So our text, Galatians 4.23. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, this section, this section from the epistle, the epistle to the Galatians can seem a bit confusing, can't it? A, a bit confusing. It can seem confusing because it compares the law of God and the promise of God to Ishmael and to Isaac and then to the city of Jerusalem as we know it even yet today and the new Jerusalem, the kingdom of God, the heavenly Jerusalem, even the church. What's it all about? What's it all about? Well, you remember, you remember that Abraham and Sarah, Abram and Sarai at that point were promised, they were promised a child by God, a child who would inherit all that Abraham had and would be the one through whom the descendants of Abraham would become as many as the stars of the sky. But even though God had promised Abraham and Sarah that they would have a child, it didn't appear. It didn't appear right away. It didn't happen. In fact, ten years, ten years into the promise, nothing had happened. So Abraham and Sarah, they took matters into their own hands, that is, they strove in their own way, their own way to fulfill the promise that God had made to them. Sarah gave Abraham her handmaid Hagar from Egypt, and through Hagar, a son was born, Ishmael. But Ishmael was not the son promised by God, the son of Abraham and Sarah. Ishmael was rather the result of Abraham and Sarah doing what they thought God wanted them to do to accomplish that or fulfill that promise. It would be almost another 15 years, 15 years before Isaac would be born to Sarah and Abraham, the promised child. So from the time of the promise to Abraham and Sarah and the fulfillment of that promise by God, 25 years, 25 years. Now, what the Apostle Paul does in Galatians, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is compare that situation, that situation to the law of God in general and the promise of God in general, and that is the gospel of the free forgiveness of sins that is ours through faith in Christ. The gospel is, after all, a promise. A promise. Whoever believes shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's a promise, isn't it? Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. It's a promise. And the incident from Abraham and Sarah raises the question for us then, are we going to live our lives simply believing the promise of God to us that by believing in Jesus as our Lord and Savior we will not perish but have eternal life? Or, or are we going to live our lives trying to uh, accomplish that problem 
our, that promise with our own two hands. That is by trying to fulfill the law of God ourselves and thus fulfill the promise of God that way. That is, after all, that is, after all, the approach of many, if not most, religious people today, we could say. That is, a people practicing a religion. doesn't matter what the religion is. Modern Judaism, for example, is all about keeping the law, both the written law of Moses and the oral tradition that has been handed down through the ages, so it is thought. The number of laws that the modern Orthodox Jew needs to follow? Over 600. Over 600. But it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter how many laws are to be followed or exactly what those laws are. What matters is the idea that success, worldly, religious, spiritual success is dependent upon the ability of man to follow such laws. And that's the troubling aspect of the situation, spiritually. And that's what Paul is pointing out in our text today. Now, politically in the world, it's another matter. In the world, rule following is the way to go. It's the way to succeed. It's the way to wisdom. It's the way to wealth. It's the way to happiness. It's the way to success in the world. The book of Proverbs is our guide here, pointing out throughout its 31 chapters that if man follows the Ten Commandments, he will have the greatest success within the world that he possibly can have. So the close of the commandments that we find in the small catechism God threatens to punish all those who transgress these commandments. Therefore, we should fear his wrath and not act contrary to them. But he promises grace and every blessing to all those who keep these commandments. Therefore, we should also love and trust in him and gladly do what he commands. Now, that sounds daunting, but it really isn't. It really isn't. It is said that half of life is showing up. And what that means is that half of life is just doing what we're supposed to do, no matter how we feel about it. New employee at Taco Bell when I worked there in high school was fired. Fired after his first night on the job because his drawer, the cash register that he was overseeing, came up exactly $20 short. He admitted to taking the money, a $20 bill, and reason that so much money was coming into the restaurant that no one would notice. Player on my basketball team in high school went from being the coach's favorite to riding the bench the entire season. Why? He simply did what he wanted to do on the court and he would not listen to the coach. Star basketball player of our college team was kicked out of school. Why? Didn't go to class. Now all three could rail at the world for what happened to them, but the fact was simply that they didn't live according to the law. And usually that's the case. And it's usually the case that those who work hard succeed. And it really doesn't matter what they're working hard, for their hard work is seen by others and they're rewarded. That's the way the world in general works. Yes, there are exceptions. That's why they're called exceptions. But has a good student ever been kicked out of school for acing an exam? Has an athlete been kicked off the team for obeying the coach and also being a model citizen and also going to class? 
If anything, the system of civil righteousness, which is what it's called, this system that we live by in the world, it works too well, this system. Why? Well, those who succeed in the world by following the law begin to believe that their success is solely because of their efforts and abilities with God in heaven not playing any part at all. The result, arrogance, pride, contempt, and then the attempt, the attempt to accomplish what God has promised, promised to us for eternity by our own means with our own two hands. The problem, of course, is if we believe having had success following rules in this world, having had success being civilly righteous, we can then turn our sights on heaven, matters get much more difficult. For when it comes to our righteousness before the world, that righteousness must be only an outward righteousness, an outward righteousness comprised of the things that we do and the things that we say. What goes on in our hearts and our minds and our souls, however, it's not information to which the world is privy. But God is. God is. He knows what's going on inside of us. God is privy to what goes on inside of us in our heart, and we are to love the Lord our God with our heart and our soul and our mind. And that just seems to quadruple our problem, doesn't it? For if we have to control our hearts and souls and minds like we do our bodies and our tongues, the number of rules we must then be cognizant of and follow spirals out of control. We're caught, we're trapped from one moment to the next, thinking not only about what we should do or what we should say, but about what we should think and what we should feel. About what we should think and feel. And then we are trapped. We're trapped by the law. Trapped like some child prodigy on the piano who excels into adulthood but is not quite good enough to make it. So spends her life tied to a piano, thinking and dreaming and working at success but never achieving it. It's just too much. And in that attempt, alienates friends and family and becomes a recluse, thinking of piano and nothing else. But there's a better way. There's a better way, the best way. That is, instead of living, being driven by and pursuing the law of God, being made alive in and basking in the promise of God. That is the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. We read at the end of the gospel of Mark. And being saved is not simply something which happens to us after a life of being harangued by the law. It is this being saved, the life that begins within us when we're baptized into Christ. And thus, like Isaac... We became children of the promise. Children not of the present rule pursuing Jerusalem, but of the new Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem. That is what the Apostle Paul meant when he wrote, to me to live is Christ. And that is to live in Christ is living in the promise of the daily forgiveness of sins, which is ours in Christ. And you say, you see, since we know that our sins are forgiven in Christ, our life can be lived In the joy of that knowledge, the joy of that knowledge, that our sins are forgiven. The peace that it brings to our hearts and our souls and our minds. And the love that is possible to be expressed because we're not spending all of our time on ourselves. Working as hard as we might to achieve what we think we should. 
Do we pursue the law as Christians? Well, yes, but for a different purpose. You know, as a basketball player, I'm sorry about all the basketball this morning. It must be March. That's what it is. As a basketball player, I was perennially on the edge, the edge of playing or riding the bench. I wanted to play, and so I worked hard, and I worked hard by doing everything exactly as my coach said. There were other members of the team, however, who were so talented that they never worried about playing. They always played. And they followed what the coach said, not in order to play, like I did, but to become better players. Now, that might not seem like that big of a difference, but it was. It it was huge. I was trying to be a basketball player to play. They were basketball players. We therefore listened to the coach for completely different reasons. So the comparison of the life of the law of the slave woman of Hagar and Ishmael and the life of the promise of Sarah and Isaac and of course our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Daily we live in Christ knowing that we are not struggling. Listen up here. Listen. Daily we live in Christ knowing that we are not struggling to become Christians by following the law, but that we are Christians, righteous and holy before God, following the law because we believe and live in the promise. Amen. Now, may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We rise and confess our Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed.